Welcome to the Healthy Dog Pod. We've got myself and Sophie here as always. Hi. And joining us in the studio today, we have Peter Sharp from Tame and Wild Studios. Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolute pleasure, mate. Good to see you. I originally met Peter um, last year in Sydney Dogs and Cats Home, the day that I adopted my little dog, Django. Which was which day? It was September 21st, roughly about 3 p.m. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> not, not wow. I'm, I'm not scared right now. No, I'm scared. Nothing to be scared of, guys. <laughs> Just my weird brain. Um, <laughs> That's what he does every time we meet someone, so be careful when you meet Ian. You can remember exactly when, where, what circumstances. What were you wearing? Like, Don't do that. I'm going to look like a right idiot next time Like somebody bumps into me. Do you remember me? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, my weird brain aside, we, yeah, I met Pete in the studio, and I didn't. I met him in Sydney Dogs and Cats home the day uh, I adopted my little dog. And Pete does the uh, photography for Sydney Dogs and Cats home. Yes. And he does a fantastic job. And, well, to be fair, let's leave it over to you, mate, and give us a bit of an insight into what you do with them and uh, how you got there. Cool. I will do. So... Sydney Dogs and Cats Home is a is a very special organisation for me. Um, when I decided that I would move my uh, pet photography or move my photography career into focusing on pets and animals, I decided that I would um, look for and focus on finding an animal welfare institution that that mirrored my philosophy around animal welfare, animal care, and um, I did look at Sydney Dogs and Cats Home and their photos at the time were, were really good. So I went, well, they don't need me. And uh, I continued to look elsewhere. And unfortunately, what I was met with from from a lot of different um, animal shelters was a mixture of disinterest. Uh, they were rude and they were rude or or they were rude and disinterested. And so I never actually, after about a year of trying to find a shelter, um, greyhound racing was banned for a short period of time. And I thought, great, I'll find a number of greyhound rescues that, that want a volunteer photographer. And um, had no luck there either. Yeah, so wow. what ended up happening was um, Sydney Dogs and Cats Home put an ad up on Seek Volunteer a couple of years ago and were looking for a new photographer. And a friend of mine who works at Petstock contacted me and said, Sydney Dogs and Cats Home, they need you. And so I uh, applied. The first time I've applied for a volunteer position and uh, I got the job. Wow. And I've been volunteering there now for just over two years. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. They're such a good... I love these guys. Yeah. Like, um, you know, in the, in the coming episodes, we're going to have Renee, the... Um, shelter manager yes um, love Renee. yeah and she's going to be talking on on this podcast but um yeah just a bloody great bunch of people yeah definitely they are and so many amazing volunteers that work there i'm just a very small cog in a big machine um they look after so many different types of animals it's not just dogs and cats and i think that's what i love about being there is that when i turn up on a monday morning i never know what i'm going to see um <laughs> It could be a goat, it could be a sheep, it could be ferret, birds, rabbits, chickens, roosters, mice. Faith. Um, Faith. <laughs> She'll kill me. Oh, no, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Love seeing Faith. Yeah. Um, you just never know what you're going to, what, what I'm going to get to work with and um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's not glamorous. It's, um, you've been there. It's, yeah, no, it's a, it's a real tough tough environment to uh to be in for extended periods of time but you know the work is so rewarding yes and it's such a good cause yes yeah yeah and so you predominantly photograph the dogs for adoption like and, and cats and animals yes. in general yes yeah that's my that's that's what i do that's how i contribute um i'm a pet and animal photographer so i um work with all types of pets and animals in my studio and i um I work with Sydney Dogs and Cats Home as often as I can. Uh, we formalised our relationship about uh, a year ago and I'm an ambassador for them now. And this, this 
book and this project that we're about to talk about um, was a big part of that. So, um, yeah, they're just a big, they're a big part of my business. They're a big part of who I am as a person and yeah. um, I love working with them. And I love meeting people that, like yourself, who have adopted animals through them and, and seeing that the, the impacts that those dogs have had on um, pet parents' lives. Oh, yeah. They do. They genuinely do. They've, I mean, the old mates changed me. Yep. Don't know for the better, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we love Django. We love Django. <laughs> I, think, I think we love Django more. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Fair yeah. call. Fair <laughs> call. <laughs> hey, you've just mentioned this uh, project you've got going on with them now. So, tell us all about the uh, Lost But Found. So, Lost But Found um, was an idea it was originally called Lost But Found was a uh, project that I came up with a couple of years ago. And after being in the shelter every week for about six months, I was seeing and hearing lots of amazing stories. And most of those stories, in fact, I'd say all of those stories had a sad beginning. And my first, it was actually my first week at the shelter. I met a dog called Melody and... Um, She'd literally been starved to death and I was taking her adoption photos and I was in tears. I couldn't cope with what I was seeing. I couldn't comprehend that humans had done that to a dog. And I went home and I was editing the photos that I'd captured that day and I said to my wife, I can't, I can't do this. I can't see what humans do to dogs or animals. And I followed Melody's story <clears throat> online and just kept in contact with the shelter to, to see where she was going. And they've actually got this really beautiful video up on YouTube that's got Melody's story attached to it. And um, I realised through that that the photos that I was taking actually played a really important part. So I needed to find a way to deal with it and cope with it. And the project was an idea in my mind at the time, which was to take these stories and to use them to educate people on why dogs end up in shelters, or well, not just dogs, why animals end up in shelters, what can be done to mitigate that, and also um, to encourage people to adopt. Uh, I personally, didn't. we didn't adopt our first two dogs, um, and that's because I was poorly educated at the time. Don't worry. They're good little legends themselves. <laughs> they are. They, they are. are. Yeah, <laughs> Django's buddies. <laughs> yeah, you like them better than you like me. It's it's a True. it's a tough call to make, but yeah, they just they just take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I wanted to it was it was an idea in my head. And as time went by, I was photographing Dogs that had that had been that had come through Sydney Dogs and Cats home in my studio, and so I was getting to meet the pet parents, and I was getting an understanding of the impact that those dogs were having on their lives. And so, um, lost, found, and adopted became a project that um, has now become a book, and uh, it's continuing to the the project's continuing to evolve. But the book that's being released in a couple of months is about forty different dogs. Uh, that have that have been through the shelter, and um, sharing sharing their stories, and sharing the sharing the stories of how they've impacted their the their pet parents' lives. It's such a cool little project. It really does, because um, it's well. There's sections in there that are written by the um, the people that adopted these dogs. Correct. And so it's a real insight into their perception and how they feel about it and how it's impacted them. And it's such a cool little project to just really give people an insight into what it's like to bring one of these amazing animals into their life and into their home. I'm literally about to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so sad over there, welling up. That's so Sorry. beautiful. I, I almost feel with, with not all the stories have happy endings in the book. Yeah. Um, and that's not, uh, it's not an accident. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, it's not an accident. We didn't want to hide anything. And, and, and look, I, I talk about this book like it's my book. It's not my book. And it's not a book about me. It's a book about the dogs. And it's a book about Sydney Dogs and Cats Home. And a lot of credit for the book, the project, and what I'm doing as part of it goes to some really important people at Sydney Dogs and Cats Home, uh, Faith in particular. Uh, there's the people at Pan Macmillan, the book publisher. It, it's quite surreal that 
that this little project and this little crazy idea in my head has become something um, this big. Yeah, that's so and beautiful. the impact and the impact that it's had on people who are who are featured in it is quite um, humbling. Uh, I get to points where I have no words. Um, so yeah, I do. I do just want to say this isn't this isn't a book about me. It's not a book. Um, uh, it's not a book of, of photos. It's a book of stories, no. and, and my photos are attached to that. Yeah, like you, this this book has had the uh, privilege of your amazing photography going into it, and you know what, and vice versa. You know, it's it's the two. You're you're right. It it definitely just your passion for it adds so much to the book. But the story is the dogs, like you say, and yes. it's it's absolutely. I love it. I absolutely love it. And um, thank you. I love it. <laughs> I'm so just. I do feel it's like it's just so beautiful. Like just the way you said it and your passion. It just honestly, like I've got tears in my eyes because it's just amazing. Like I love what you're doing. It's just awesome. I I have the best job in the world. I'm really really lucky. I will argue Met against this. <laughs> <laughs> I I get to meet some amazing people and I get to meet amazing animals and it's just uh, it's just so good and you know we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about the mental health side to it because that's become a really important topic in this book and it was it was a motivation for me um for working with animals um I grew up loving animals I grew up like yourself wanting to be a vet yeah. But not being academically yeah. smart enough uh, to 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 achieve that outcome, I did I did go to uni. I did I did do a very boring science degree for a very short period of time and bailed out on that. And uh, my career took a different path for for quite a while. Um, I ended up working in the music industry for a while. Uh, my other passion is music, and then I ended up doing sales and marketing for best part of ten years, which I loved and was really good at. And um, in 2010, I um, I discovered just with my back deteriorating very, very quickly that I had a rare form of arthritis and my spine had degenerated a lot quicker than what it should have. So that... Do you know, and, what, do you know what really helps that though? Bending over all day, taking photos. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't help. Um, however, uh, my studio is purpose built for my... For my condition and for working with animals, um, no, photography wasn't exactly the smartest uh, career path to take too with good, a bad back. Too good at it not to do it, though. Uh, <laughs> that's when the mental health side to it really kicks in and, and finding a way to, to work through it. And I've, and I've very much done that. So, um, yeah, not, 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 not the smartest career. But you, find some, you found something that you're genuinely passionate for and wanting to do every day. And that yeah. mental health side of it is so important. Like, you know, how many of us go to work every day and don't want to be there? That's right. And, you know, we were probably, so many of us are probably in some sort of physical pain, but it doesn't affect you half as much as if you're, if you're looking after yourself mentally. That's right. And doing something day to day that you genuinely love. Yes. So, yeah. On. Big, big, like I know I was the same, like every day I'm nowhere near like you, a little bit of back pain, but I just bloody love my job. So yeah. I'm happy day today. Yep, makes a big difference. Sorry, I took you well off track there, mate. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> um, I guess the 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 story, the the mental health side to this is something that I wasn't sure I'd talk about today, uh, but it's become it's become such a theme to the book. And I, I took some time last week. It was Are You Okay Day, and you know, I know every business and everyone jumps on board with that, but I, but I still think it's it was really important just to take some time to sit down and assess what I'd been through in the last couple of months, um, and look at this book and think about why I did it, what it meant to me, but more importantly, how my dog and my pets had changed my life, and why I'm still here because of them, and. Uh, that was a theme that I knew was going to be part of this book when, and, and part of this project when I started it. I didn't realise how big it was going to be and I didn't realise how many people were going to be so open in talking about how they felt and how their dogs had changed their lives and, and for a lot of people that are, in this, that, that are in this book, how the dogs had saved their lives. 
And not all of those stories are in the book. Um, not everyone was comfortable sharing that, but that's okay. But a lot were. And so um, that was it, was, it was a really powerful, it was really powerful for me to hear that and to, and to have an understanding around the impact that, that the work I do has and why I do it. It's, it comes back to my purpose at the uh, end of the day. Absolutely. I mean, I think we're um, the industry we're in. Um, we're lucky in that regard because I, I feel like it's so hard for some people to open up and talk about mental health. Yeah. But um, when it comes to their animals, um, a lot of people don't um, don't have the same walls up and don't have the same guard up about their. Um, because it's something they love and there's something that they're genuinely passionate about, they care about on such a deep level that they're prepared to be vulnerable to, well, you know, they come into your studio and they're vulnerable. I come into their home and they're vulnerable. So if he goes into their home and they're vulnerable and it's something that I find absolutely beautiful about my job and you'll be, you know, mm. it seems like you're echoing the same message because I love it. I mean, we've talked before about how, Nobody comes to us when it's going well. For, yeah. And for you to do this book, you've opened up uh, an opportunity for somebody to share their story through and allow them to be vulnerable without, you know, in the best possible circumstances. I love it. The original, the original idea for the story, for the project, was actually to have the dogs or the animals tell the story totally from their perspective. Um, so it was almost like interviewing each dog each pet as part of it. It evolved, um, and it evolved in the right way because the stories, the books now, the book and the project is called Lost But Found, and um, there is that loss component, and the voice of that side of things comes from Sydney Dogs and Cats Home, and that's where the team of people there um, helped pull those stories together. And then there's the found component, which has come from the, the new pet parents. And included in the book, we've included some some interviews with with the dogs where they told their stories. Um, Django didn't have very many nice things to say about you, did he? So I don't think I don't think we were allowed to publish we were allowed to publish that. I think there was lots of swearing from recollection. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> That's it. We got, actually because Django was uh, part of the senior pair project. And so we did actually I did actually get sent that uh, questionnaire like uh, coming from the dog's perspective. Yes. And it's quite interesting. It does make you think about how they may see it and even more so than you probably do already. Um, and it's really cool. The question that really makes you think and you can't help but just be a bit of a smart ass <laughs> and a bit silly. Yeah. But at the same time come from a really heartfelt place. Yeah. I love I love reading those interviews. They make me laugh. Sometimes they, they make me laugh so hard it brings me to tears or... <laughs> I just have to make sure I'm not drinking a coffee or anything when I read them because quite often I'll snort. Um, but some people look at me like I'm crazy and, and that's okay too. It's not, it's not for everyone, but um, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun to, to try and actually take some of these stories and, and give it a fun side to it because not, as I said, not all the stories in this book are, um, have a happy ending. Yeah. Um, I feel like there, there needs to be a box of tissues given out with a copy of this book when it comes to reading oh, yeah. some of the stories. Give them to me because I cried with you just talking, so <laughs> I'll it's, definitely need that. There's been, yeah, there's, I've met some really special people as part of this project and that's, and special, special dogs as well. Um, How long has the whole project taken? Uh, we started, I started it, uh, oh, it's more than, more than 12 months ago actually started wow. including dogs and identifying dogs that I wanted to include as part of it. Um, and the first dog that stood out to me was a dog called Prince. What was Prince? What do you think he was? He's he was a probably rescued. great dame. Uh, <laughs> oh, he and was, he, was he was just a beautiful dog. And I met um, Prince's owner at the Dog Lovers Show for last year. And um, she came up and she said, oh, that's my dog. She was looking at some of my photos. And she's like, that's my dog. That's Hank. And I went, no, that's Prince. <laughs> like, no, no, that's that's Hank, and it's Hank, the dog formerly known as Prince, <laughs> just brilliant. And uh, 
I, I pitched to her the project at the time and she was like, yep, love to be part of that. Um, I'd already written the interview questions that I wanted the dogs to answer and had a really good idea as to what I wanted the project to look like. And so, so Hank was the, Hank was the first dog that I included. Um, the project is more than just dogs. The, the, the project on a bigger thing, the book, the book is very much about, about dogs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Hank's owner, Stephanie talked to me about how um, my photo had played such a big part in her choosing Hank. She was literally using her phone and using the Sydney Dogs and Cats home website like it was Tinder and um, was just scrolling through and got to Hank's photo and that was how she decided she wanted Hank was from his photo. And Hank's on the front of the book. Um, that wasn't my choice, which was which was quite incredible. Pan McMillan, the publisher, picked Hank, but it was just so appropriate and... Uh, yeah, kind of started there. Those photos, they really do. Um, they they com- they sway you. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is what happened with um, Django. Like I got, got sent a photo of this scruffy little rat dog. <laughs> you came. need to put a photo of him before and after because you need to see what he he's. He was oh, his character. Was like literally just like for a long time, like, nah, not my dog, not my dog, nice dog, but not my dog. This guy came through and honestly... <laughs> I don't really know in hindsight what I was looking at, but... <laughs> Three teeth, <laughs> shaved back. I could smell him through the photo. Yeah. But, but, yeah, no, don't just, I just went, yeah, I'm coming in. I'm not leaving without him. Yeah. <laughs> you were very specific about the type of dog that you wanted. Yeah. You yeah. told oh, me about that. I had to be like... Um, I mean, I've got to practice what I preach for one. Mm. Um, but do you know what? Like, for me, it's common sense. Like, because now that I do, I've seen seen it go well and I've seen it go wrong, but I've seen it just people get lucky and I've seen people get unlucky. Um, so what I did was actually just roll in uh, and out of what I want, but more importantly, what I need. Yeah. And I waited about a month and a half, nearly two months. Um, just, and, you know, like you say, just Tinder for dogs, <laughs> <laughs> just swiping left and right. And... Um, and I was just really, really, um, there were so many times where I fell in love with a dog yeah. um, just by the photos. Um, and I did not let my heart make a decision. I let my head make it. And to this day, I've not actually, there has not been a single moment where I regret it. And I, and I genuinely feel happy about that. And I, I mean that with, from the bottom of my heart. There is not a moment where this, where Django has not just not just not taken away, he's contributed to my life every single second yeah. since I've had him in my life. Yeah. And um, I, I, I'm proud of the fact that I made that decision with my head. I'm so proud of it because I wish more people did. Yeah. You see a lot of people, they, they see that big bug-eyed dog on the and looking at them and they're like, oh, I'm going to get this one. I'm like, nah, mate, do not <laughs> fucking do that. Look at it. <laughs> it's, it is not fit for your life. Yeah. Um, but you fall in love with it because it's cute. And yeah, I'll work. I'm, I'm in the thick of it too much to not yeah, to make that mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's what you do. Yeah. Um, and I, I asked that question because that's another theme that runs through this book. And that is the ability of Sydney Dogs and Cats Home to find that one in a million owner mm. yeah. as well. Um, there are stories of dogs that have gone into the shelter for different reasons. And I'll give the example of Milkshake. Um, obviously, don't want to give too much away as what's in the book because I want people to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, there's examples of, yeah, Milkshake's a, a greyhound, I, I believe. Uh, Milkshake lost a couple of, uh, uh, he was in two races and I believe he lost his second race and the owner of Milkshake wanted to put him down and um, that wasn't allowed to happen. Mm. And uh, he ended up in Sydney Dogs and Cats home, and he went into a he he found a pet parent, and um, he developed a condition and went blind, and he ended up back in Sydney Dogs and Cats home because the home that he was in wasn't able to care for him, and now the owners that have him they live out in the Blue Mountains, and he is just so well cared for they even bought a they bought they bought a car specifically for milkshake and it's there's a photo in the book and it's padded out with cushions and pillows so that milkshake can ride in the back of it safely Um, and it's it's just so beautiful to see how much his life has changed but then also how much 
of an impact he's had on them. Yeah. Um, and it's it's very much about finding not just the right um, the right dog for you, but about finding the right owner for that dog. Yeah, it's got to mesh. It's yeah. Got to marry up and just find that right match because it's a relationship at the end of the day. And, yes. you know, relationships, they take compromise. They, they add to your life. But at the same time, you it means change. And so you've got to be prepared and willing to do that change. Yeah, and that's what I loved about listening to um, Matt Muir talk on podcast number three. Three. Well done. <laughs> about um, how he would love to, to be able to talk to, to, to pet parents before they yeah, we're in bring the a pet mi- into their life. I'm trying to set up a... Write a little, um, what's the word? Like, just set up a little actual, I can't even think of the bloody word. <laughs> Basically, give giving people the opportunity to be able to do that. Because, um, yeah, it, it is so. It would change everything. It would change so many people's, uh, make everything so much easier for people. And so if we've actually got something that they can go to as a preparation program. Yeah. Because yes. there's nothing really out there. To help and to educate. No. People just go by a breed that maybe they had as a kid or a breed they've had before, which may not be suited to their life right now. So. I'm blown away with how how everything's changed. Everything I was taught eight years ago when I got my dog, it's so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, um, and it's breaking. For me, it's been about breaking those thought patterns and processes around what animals are thinking. And it's, and it's something I have to do as part of my job because um, when animals come into my studio, it's a foreign environment for them. And so um, the way I work is to ensure that it's an experience that the animal, that isn't stressful on the animal and that the, the animal and the owners have a great time. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of patience is involved in that, but a lot of understanding around behaviour as well. And I'm having to change my thinking. Well, I think, you know, the bit that maybe to emphasise what has changed is our understanding on the animal's emotional health and understanding that, you know, for, in, let's take your example, you know, they come into the studio and the old school method maybe just make them comply. Um, not that you ever, of course, never did this, but, um, you know, an old school one would have taken it in, made it comply, photo taken, go home. Whereas I've been in your studio and it's very much about making sure that the animal is comfortable and happy and genuinely enjoying itself while it's there. Yeah. And this is where, you know, that education on that emotional health of the animal can is massive and you can see it in the photos you can see it in the bloody photos like that um uh the old school uh dogs where they getting corrected and like getting put there you can see it in the photos oh yeah in their face yeah Yeah. yeah. the eyes are yeah like you know but then again like if you put human um attributes to that wide eyes and big uh jowly mouth smiling to to, uh, to the untrained eye, that looks like a smiling dog. Yes. That is a dog hyperventilating. <laughs> they, they do make for great photos. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's a fine line. It's a yeah. very yeah. fine line between but putting, you can putting an same, animal through too you, much stress. Exactly. And you can get the same result with a little bit of ball play and a bit of heavy breathing. Yes. You know, you don't <laughs> need to force them into the corner yeah. to get them there. Um, but yeah, you can see it in the photos. The animals are genuinely happy and content. And I mean, what do we to get Django to lay down? Because I because I haven't trained him. Um, so. <laughs> that's all right. I was like, who is this guy? Dog trainer who hasn't trained his dog? No, that's because I work with behaviour. Um, <laughs> but like, no. we, he's like, he's like, can we get him to lay down? I'm like, you could bloody try. try. <laughs> we had to wait. We had to wait for him to pretty much fall asleep. <laughs> that's not hard though <laughs> no, exactly no it was 30 seconds later was yeah. laying down yeah. um, but we had to take emphasis off the dog and then, of course Django yeah. being Django being so chilled he just went well, alright we'll just right. lay here then you guys um, are ignoring me so yeah. I'll ignore you <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah all the photos they turned out and he's just really he's such a happy he dog he was very chilled yeah so like I say uh, Django's actually part of this book he was part of the senior pet project um, and then I get an email uh, saying we want Django and your story with him to be part of it. So I've filled out that questionnaire. I've been in your studio 
And I'm, yeah, it was so cool working with you. I mean, thank you. Beside the, um, they say, I mean, I'm actually really looking forward to future projects with you. But um, yeah, actually just seeing the way you work and it just opened up my mind to a few different aspects to our industry, which was really cool. I want to touch on that because I'd love to hear from your perspective what it opened up. Well, I'm a bit scared now. I'm about to open, ask you what, what it opened up in your mind. Well, yeah, I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. I have. Not <laughs> sorry, mind. Sorry, sorry, Sophie. Um, sorry, no. Okay. Well, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work with um, a couple of pet, uh, photographers um, since I've started in this industry. And do you know what? They've actually all been brilliant. Um, and they've all really loved their job, really passionate. But what I really enjoyed about working with you in particular was, one, how you did it for just just from the good of your heart um, in terms of everything you do with Sydney Dogs and Cats Home. I guess like so many of our principles aligned. Yeah. Um, and the way that you did care for the dog in and little Django in the studio was just, I loved it. it. It really made me feel comfortable. It really made Django feel comfortable. Your little dogs, I just loved the whole day. It was great. <laughs> it really was. That's awesome. That's, I love hearing that. And that's, that's the, that's, I guess my, my mission with every with every shoot, I, I you never know how a dog is going or an animal, I mean, a cat in particular. You never know how they're going to behave in the studio, um, and that and that translates to when I work with wildlife as well. Um, I do a lot. We're, we're here talking about Sydney dogs and cats home, but I do a lot with Sydney wildlife. So um, um, I just had a koala in the studio. <sighs> A couple, of, a couple of weeks ago. What are um, your tips for like getting the best photos for everyone else out there, especially with koalas? <laughs> don't share your secrets. <laughs> not all your secrets, but not not all my few, secrets. A few kind of I ones think, that we can help get take nice photos yeah, of our dogs. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it comes it comes back to I think the biggest tip that I can give people is uh, patience. Mm. Is being patient, um, taking the time to let an animal settle in and be comfortable in what is a new space and a new environment. And then looking at their behavior and having an understanding in your mind as to what type of photos you want to capture at the the end of the day for a, a lot of what I do, I'm working with domestic pets and I'm taking photos of people's pets to create artwork for their owners and their pet parents. And I'm, looking at their personality and I'm talking to the owners and finding out what they love about their pet. And so I have a very clear idea in my head as to what type of photos I need to capture. Um, when it comes to working with wildlife, that's different but similar. Yeah. Um, we Sometimes when I work with wildlife, we don't get any photos because the animal's too stressed. Um, sometimes in the course of half an hour, I'll press the shutter less than 10 times it it it's about reading that behavior and working working with someone who understands the animals i'm always working with carers who understand that animal the purposes of the the purpose of the photos that i capture is always for them it's never for me so if i get a great photo that i can use that's great, but that's never the purpose. So it's always about understanding when I'm working with them, what's the purpose of these photos? Why have we got this animal, this choir in the studio? And what are, what do I need to achieve? And so I think it's, it's I've done a lot of reading into the ethics around being a, a wildlife photographer. And it's a, it is a privilege to have access to animals in my studio, but it's a privilege that I have to be very careful with. And ensuring that I'm always focused on the animal and not myself um, as a photographer, wanting to always capture a great image um, is critically important to that process. Taking a step back to when you just said making them comfortable. From a training perspective, this is something we teach people with the dogs when they're in our classes and things like that when it comes to socializing. Um, Make them comfortable in their environment before you interact with them too much because where if they're comfortable where they are their interactions are going to be more fluid more relaxed and going to go better than if they were uncomfortable so taking Django into the studio 
what we did was we sat down and don't get me wrong i was definitely one of these animals do you want a cup of tea do you want a coffee do you want a glass of water sit down making the animal comfortable in the environment <laughs> <laughs> and but at the same time same's happening for django yes let him have a let him have a walk around let him have a sniff let him pee on that photo yes you know <laughs> <laughs> or two yeah <laughs> Never did bill me for that. Thank you. No, that's um, okay. <laughs> it's coming, isn't it? You'll pay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I will. <laughs> but that's it. You, Before you start um, pressing into that animal and trying to draw anything out of it, make it comfortable. Yeah. And whether it's in the photography studio, whether it's in the dog park, whether it's going into your friend's house, whether it's introducing it to a new home, make it comfortable in the environment before you make it about you. Yes. And, um, you know, as soon as you do that, you are looking after the dogs or animals needs first and um things generally go a lot smoother when that happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> they do and and look you know not every shoot not every uh, photography session goes perfectly uh it, some of them take a lot longer than others that's why i don't set a time limit i mean there is a limit to the amount of time you can spend get out of my house <laughs> <laughs> just, i think, I you, I think you were probably coffee. there for i don't know three four hours or something no <sighs> I, you went, I, I'm <laughs> three hours and 50 minutes too long <laughs> <laughs> just, you're we're not welcome anymore again <laughs> counting time again. i took i took photos of django for five minutes the rest of it was all about ian <laughs> <laughs> did you get photos yourself in you? just kept on diving in front of him <laughs> It's me. Oh, my oh Django's a very patient little dog. Yeah, he, he has to be a little me. <laughs> exactly. Correct. So you've got a competition running, I think. Tell us yes. a little bit about that. Before I talk about the competition, I do just want to touch on what we were just talking oh, about sorry. because I want to talk about. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cut that. We were Do just talking. We were just talking about uh, how I work in the studio, and it's the same. It's the same in the shelter because mm, you've got. Definitely. You've got. I want to bring it back to the shelter, and we're. When when I'm working in there, um, we're working with dogs that are in an environment that quite often they're not happy being there. The staff and the volunteers do an amazing job looking after them, uh, sitting. I, I, I love walking in there and seeing a volunteer sitting there reading to a dog. Oh, it's just it's precious. And it, yeah, it's I have no words to describe what that looks like, uh, but it's really quite beautiful. It's almost Sophia tissue. Yeah. Um, Stop making me cry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and so when I'm working with a dog, we do get lots of dogs, cats, um, that are quite stressed. They don't want their photo taken. I refer to them as clients. And um, quite often my clients won't let me take their photo and that's okay. We, um, It's an understanding that the photos that I'm capturing need to be fit for a purpose and the purpose is that they find a home. And they showcase their personality and sometimes we don't get any photos and I'll go back the next week and we'll try again. That's normally always a cat. Um, I've had to learn to love cats because cats know when you don't like them. And it's it, quite often we will, I will pull the pin on taking photos if I feel a dog is not going to settle or is... Because uh, we don't have the luxury of lots of time when I'm working in the shelter. We have... Lots of animals to photograph in a in a day or half a day or however long we've got, and uh, I will I will stop. And that's the great thing about the relationship I have with Sydney Dogs and Cats Home is that um, neither of us will put an animal's welfare at jeopardy uh, to to get a photo. Well, you know it doesn't work for anybody if you do. You know the animal's suffering. Yeah, but then you're and you end up working under stress yourself. And the shelter end up with a photo of a stressed dog. Yes. What's you the see point? it in the photo. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no winners. So cut it off. Cut it and try again another time when the animal's happier and you're happier. And That's right. Yeah. Well, we, will, we will persevere to a point. Of course. It yeah. gets to a point where you go, no. Yeah. This it's is the same with us in training and behavior. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work at that time. So, yeah. you know, have to come back the next week and try yeah. again, which yeah. is fine. It's just where it's, everyone is at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sometimes we come into the studio and go, we're going to record an episode. That was shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you saying that about this one already? No, <laughs> never. <laughs> no, that's it. It's, um, yeah, that, that, that shelter and, you know, getting, getting a photograph of an animal uh, there is so much, so challenging. 
uh, because of the environment. <laughs> it's, it's not glamorous. We call we call the um, the pen that we use the penthouse because it's the biggest. It's the biggest one. So classy. Yeah, <laughs> it's not glamorous, but it's it. At the end of the day, the photos we capture they're fit for purpose. I have a range of volunteers that help me, so it's not. Once again, it's not just about me. Um, I've always got multiple people yeah. assisting and looking after the animals in 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 the shelter. They're normally always on a lead. Um, not always. It depends. It depends yeah, on the depends animal where they fit, where they are. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's always about putting putting them into a position to get a photo that captures who they are, so that people when they're on the website and looking, they can they can see what that animal's personality is. Um, and then every now and then I'll get crazy requests to do something funny to promote something for Sydney Dogs and Cats Home. <laughs> They're looking to build a new, uh, they need to build a new home. Yeah, yeah, down, so we're, in we're down in Kernel. So we're, we're on a fundraising mission at the moment. So I think the last funny request was to photograph a dog with a hard hat and uh, plans for the new shelter. <laughs> Um, so it, that's always a bit of fun. It's always a case of choosing the right the right dog for that purpose. Um, <laughs> you got enough characters in there to pick from, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, tell us more. So you're talking about funny projects. Tell us more about this competition, Sophie mentioned. Oh, yes. So um, thanks to uh, Hills Pet Nutrition and Sydney Dogs and Cats Home, uh, people who pre-order the book. Uh, can go in the drawer to win a year's supply of dog or cat food and a day in the life experience at Sydney Dogs and Cats Home. So mm. we'll get to spend a bit of time with me taking photos, but you'll also get to experience what it's like to, to work in the home. Uh, not as a dog, as a human. But um, <laughs> not allowed off all fours. <laughs> Just <laughs> barking around. <laughs> if you want to go absolutely batshit go crazy, go for your life, mate. But you'd get not, a wash. You're not get obliged a to. <laughs> Uh, we might even drag Ian in as well. You can, you can. We'll throw Ian in a pen. You can yeah. laugh at him. I'll come in for the day. Yeah. In all awesome. seriousness, I'll come in for the day, and um, we can talk about behaviour as well as. Uh, awesome. I'm happy to put there my you time. go. You also, we also get Ian as well. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So, uh, an awesome prize. Uh, yeah. So thanks to to Hills and Sydney Dogs and Cats Home. So, um, you can pre-order your book from a range of amazing book resellers, including Amazon, Dimix, uh, Big W, uh, I could keep going, Reddings, The Nile, they're all on the website. So um, you can also pre-order your book from me. Uh, if you order from me, I have, um, I have, I will have copies that have been autographed uh, by some of the dogs featured in the book. Uh, so um, yeah, the book's going to be released on the 29th of October, but pre-orders are available it's available for pre-order now. Yeah, fantastic. Sweet. And um, there's also a link there to um, enter the competition. Sweet. Brilliant. We'll put that up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. Yep. That's, uh, it's such a good project and it's such a good book. It really is. Um, and we're so privileged to have you on and we're really grateful you came in. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I have you. no words to describe my gratitude. It's a very, very special project from my perspective. Um because I'm getting to share stories of, of humans and, and animals and uh, the mental health aspect to it is just really quite important. Um, I want everyone who struggles with mental health issues to seriously consider adopting an animal. It doesn't have to be a dog. Can be a cat, can be a bird. We just adopted a bird. Um, his name's Gary, and um, he's made it. He's made a big difference to our lives. Our lives are already very rich for having two dogs, um, but adding that bird to the equations just—it's just brought another level of entertainment and joy to our lives that um, we didn't realise we were missing. Yeah, that's yeah. like my little poncho, yeah, my little bunny like rabbit. He's just when I got him. I had no idea about rabbits, like what to do, you know. And then he's just a little cuddle monster, isn't he? And he's just the best. He'll come sit on the couch and just you just pat his head. And he does this really cute thing where he'll lick your fingers and then he'll put his head under your fingers and he's like, my turn now. And then you pat him a bit. He licks you and he goes, okay, my turn. And then you have to pat him. Oh, my gosh. He's so – I love him. I, I love working with rabbits. Oh. They're just They're so entertaining. There's yeah. something about Poncho, like, you know, you, 
you're sitting there minding your own business and that time where he decides you're my friend right now, I'm coming over to you, I'm going to jump on your chest, I'm going to lick your fingers, is actually quite special because if you impose on him at all, he's like, get out of my space, I'm running away. But yeah. So you got to be super patient and it's not, he, he basically chooses you. Which just feels yeah, so Yeah, and so everyone cool. goes, <gasps> like we're all sitting on the couch and he jumps up. Everyone's like, oh, he chose you. Yeah. He chose you. But he's changed my life so much. And, you know, for my mental health as well, like yeah. having him has just made it so much better for me. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm all for that. All I for it. hear this story all the time and I love it. And it's, and it's why it's why I wanted to take as many of these stories as possible and and share them. It goes back down to, I said it so many times, like why we get animals mm. is to make us and them happy. Yes. And the, as soon as you do, the only way in my opinion you do pet ownership wrong is if you consistently do things that cause you or your animal stress. Yes. Yeah. Other than that, there are no bloody rules. Just, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, make yourself happy. Keep, and you know, just enjoy it. Enjoy that um, living thing that you've got in your life. I Absolutely. Love we it. don't have them for long enough. It's, no. It's, no. it's why I do what I do. Well, you know, you're a bird now, mate. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. I got to work with um, a couple of black cockatoos a few few years ago, and um, that was pretty amazing. Uh, some southeastern red-tailed black cockatoos. And, oh, I love those. Uh, beautiful birds. I am a bit of a bird nerd. And um, thinking while I was editing those photos, thinking about the fact that they're going to outlive me and their owner and probably their next owner. Wow. And maybe the owner after that was was something that was really hard for my brain to, my tiny little brain, to comprehend because um, I'm so used to working with animals that, that just don't live long enough. Yeah, yeah. Looks like Poncho, my partner, bought him for me thinking one to two years. I'm yeah. like, it's about seven to ten. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh. So he's four now. And that was, you know, that's a big commitment for us as well. That's why we didn't get a dog. We didn't have the space or the time or the money. And so we got him and it's totally changed our lives and the way we want to live now because he's going to live a lot longer than we thought. Yeah. But we're ready for that commitment. Which is beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. it's and you've touched on another theme that's in the book, which is uh, about the fact that you can find a pet, a dog, that will fit in with your lifestyle. Yeah. So just because you've got cats doesn't mean you can't adopt a dog. Um, yeah. You just read about Biscuit in the book. Um, the cats uh, are in charge of him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and just because you've got a young child doesn't mean you can't adopt a big dog or a small dog. It's yeah. just a case of finding the right the right animal for you at that time. Well, also another point on this is like Django was part of that, like say, senior pet project. And we reckon he's between nine and 10 years old. Now, by looking after his health, I fully intend to yeah. get to pretty much double that. Yeah. Like he's a little dog. I know that he's these guys, but he's going to be, he's in such good health. Oh, yeah. He's changed dramatically. We see, I see all the time and, and there's two dogs in the book in particular, Bucktooth, Betty White. And Zeke. I'm, um, Have you met? Back so, on, Betty. on Friday, uh, I did, uh, for Sydney Dogs and Cats Home, I did uh, represented them for Are You OK Day. Oh, awesome. And Django and Betty White were the two reps. There you go. Bloody great. She's yeah. a great, I love her. <laughs> what is she? <laughs> She's, I don't know. She's this little um, white terrier cross thing. She's so bloody cute. She's mm. gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yeah. And Back her. Her parents buck are gorgeous too. Bucktooth Betty White. Bucktooth Betty White. She has a bucktooth. I was going to say, yeah. yeah her, and her and Django uh, literally. Teeth. Yeah, just there were teeth everywhere. Yeah. And not everywhere. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Django has like three teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Coming at you from all angles. but <laughs> <laughs> Betty's got one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've seen those dogs get younger. Oh, yeah. In, well, in the care of Sydney Dogs and Cats Home. Zeke was another um, I think when when Stuart had him in in his own personal care, uh, he would, well, they didn't think he was going to have long. I think it was maybe six months. Um, yet he is he will he will have a lot longer than that. I have yeah. no idea how long it'll yeah. be, but he looks he looks like a puppy again. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
It's like Jane, like genu- yeah. genuinely different dog. Like yeah. we'll, we will put that before and after up because yeah, um, it's amazing. Like even uh, my friend hadn't seen him for only a month, and he goes, "He's more fluffy. He's softer." It's like yeah, he's. St- I've had him a year, and he uh, is still changing physically. Like he is. I mean, he was in a real bad way, liver and kidney yeah. problems, but thirteen teeth out and complete like dermatitis and flea bitten, but um. And now, genuinely looks like a puppy. People mistake him for a puppy. He does look like a puppy. Yeah. Yeah. And if you take care of that emotional health and the physical health and the mental health of your animal as a priority over, I think, training, then you end up really enriching your life with your dog or your, or your, or your pet and their life because of it. And everybody wins. Even Poncho. Remember when he got really sick, totally changed his diet. And the way he ate, and he's so much better now. What caused him to to be sick? He had gut stasis. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, just changed a few things and um, made sure he was eating the right hay and more veggies yeah. and like only a tiny bit of fruit. And now he's just totally different. And I was always worried because rabbits can have heart attacks easily and die if they get really scared. And, you know, I eventually want to get a dog as well. So that's why Ian's been helping me with Django and introducing him to Poncho as well. And I think Django's a little bit scared of Poncho, but <laughs> but they're friends and they'll sit and they'll, you know, they're not, they don't play, but they sleep next to each other and they're comfortable in each other's space. And that's what I want. That's yeah, important. Yeah, a nice coexistence with each yeah. other. Yeah. I think that's more important than the playing. So yeah, more. So 100%. So much more. They don't have, just because they're friends doesn't mean they have to play. No. Yeah. yeah. No, I've got two dogs that do, but it's not critical. No. They just need to be comfortable exactly. with each other. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. You're still going to get them have disagreements. Oh, um, yeah. It's like humans. It's weird, just like us. Yeah, exactly. Poncho just kicked Django in the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Poncho will, like, do this really fast hop up to him, and then he'll be like, sniff him. Then he'll be like, okay. And then, like, run off, and Django's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he came and spoke to me. That, that weird long-eared mirror came really close. <laughs> we need to put some videos up because they're the funniest. Oh, you do. You do have to put some animals videos up. Ever. They're yeah. gorgeous. Uh, they're just, uh, yeah, pets are just the best thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure most of our audience will agree. Yes. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Pete, thank you so much for coming in today. We oh, thank you. can't thank you enough. We really appreciate it. And, you know, this book, uh, like I said earlier, it's an absolutely brilliant project for an absolutely brilliant cause. Um, Sydney Dogs and Cats Home. Yes. I've done, yeah, you, you all together have done something fantastic and we're so yes. proud to be a part of it. It's as well. been a team. And I haven't mentioned, um, but I have to mention that 100% of the royalties are going to Sydney Dogs and Cats Home. Um, so, yes, please, please support it. Um, would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. My pleasure. And uh, that'll wrap it up for today, folks. Yeah. So join us next week for another episode of the Healthy Dog Pod. And remember, a healthy dog's a happy dog. Woo! And that was the pod. The Healthy Dog Pod.